now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir, I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to, Greg, your co-pilot. That is me, along with Captain Dennis. And our special guest right now to kick off Just Plane Radio, AOPA's Tom Haynes is with us. Uh, at least for a segment or two to help us kick it off. Tom, how are you, buddy? What's going on? Hey, doing great, uh, Greg and Dennis. Nice to see you guys. And, uh, yeah, I think things are busy. It's amazing what's happening out there in the airspace. Lots of GA flights uh, out and about. I've done some flying over the last couple of weeks and been visiting some flight schools and uh, folks around the country, and it's it's amazing to see what's going on. Well, there you go. Well, you're a better aviator than Captain Dennis because he's been grounded. Uh, <laughs> well, I wouldn't say I'm grounded. I'm just being more creative. I'm using other people's airplanes. I'm you know, taking a page okay. out of your playbook, right. Greg. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that still counts. He he's his uh, own form of parasitic drag. Right. Well, now in, in my case, I try to add value, though. As a flight instructor, I've, I've been <laughs> able to find opportunities to go fly with the neighbors and get them night current, or you know, do a, you know, just go out to lunch and you know, do a sign up for an hour of wings training or something with them. Well, there you go. And Tom Haynes from AOPA. Well, he's kind of a flying ambassador, and I, you know, I ought to just give the platform over to you, Dennis, to thank him for helping you out with your current uh, engine overhaul issue. Is that right? Well, I absolutely do because uh, you know I got an email from Tom, and I think we shared this on the on the air here a few weeks ago. But you know, Tom reached out to me that hey, uh, you should talk to these guys at Pinnacle. They they tried to get a hold of uh, of you, and they knew that I would have a way to get a hold of you, and they did. And I'm really glad because we uh, the truck left the other day with the engine in the crate, and it's on its way into their capable hands. And so I'm just eagerly waiting for the teardown, and not so much for the bill. Well. There's that issue, I guess. But yeah. uh, but Tom did make the introduction, despite his better judgment. And uh, we'll see uh, see how it pans out here over the next few weeks. But I know uh, Tom, uh, you know, I know Dennis is very grateful for, for the hookup, or at least making that connection. Hey, had you worked with these guys before at Pinnacle yourself? Uh, sure, that's who did the overall My Bonanza last year. And then actually... Uh, AOPA's Bonanza engine is there right now being oh, right. overhauled yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they, you know, they've been around for a while, kind of under new, new ownership and new management in the last year or two. But prior to that, uh, they did uh, a lot of work for some, uh, some of the smaller airlines that still use piston powered airplanes. And so they, uh, have a good reputation and solid backing, some good, good folks there. And so, you know, my, my engine been doing great. Well, there you go. Well, that, that's pretty good testimonial right there, Dennis. Yeah, it is. And Tom even sent me the article that he had in AOPA magazine covering his overhaul. And so he kind of gave me some inspiration to do the same. And I know that a lot of our listeners, you know, they they have to listen to us and don't actually get to see what we're talking about. So I'm trying to uh, add some visuals by uh, posting an update on our webpage. So keep an eye on the Captain Dennis's flight blog on Just Plane Radio. That's it. And I'll I'll be including gory photos as they tear things apart. Uh, The folks at Pinnacle have promised all sorts of not safe for work uh, uh pictures of that engine when they start to open it up <laughs> mm-hmm. this is yeah, what is, to look out for or actually, these are the mistakes that, that not that safe is, for wallet man. might be a better term yeah, well there you go. there's that yeah but yeah you can follow along at just visually 
and a little bit maybe even more uh more detail there as he progresses through this thing which is going to take you figure at least the next uh i don't know six six weeks minimum you think dennis still i i think that's still a minimum uh yeah. because right now the big unknown is going to be cylinder availability uh you know apparently there's a lot of people flying despite the pandemic and a lot of people are taking these opportunities to overhaul their airplanes and there is just no stock uh of engine cylinders lycoming i I've heard his back order as far as November. Wow. Uh, you know, and I'm getting uh, Continental Prime, which is what used to be called the ECI cylinders. And they nobody's got stock of those. Uh, so we're just hoping the back orders will get filled in a timely manner and won't hold up uh, the actual overhaul. Well, Tom, at AOPA, do you get those type of questions periodically from folks like Dennis? Or is that really not necessarily the type of stuff you get? No, we get lots of questions from people being concerned about you know where to get an overhaul what kind of overhaul to get there's lots mm-hmm. lots of different ways to overhaul an engine and uh, i get uh, had a lot of questions about geez my engine is coming up for overhaul and i hear all this stuff about um you know uh fuel availability you know avgas going away maybe let leaded fuel going away what am, what what should i do and and I think all that stuff is far enough over the horizon that I just tell people do what I did, which is just go get your engine overhauled and, and, and keep on going because I think we're going to come up with some kind of a fuel solution and ignition systems and whatnot that'll make it so that uh, our engines will be compatible with whatever the next unleaded fuel is. But yeah, we get those questions pretty frequently, and um, it is a it is a sort of a tense time. I understand, uh, Dennis, where you are because you. You never know what's going to come back from these shops, what they're going to find when they dig in there. I mean, I guess that is an advantage of of, of getting an off-the-shelf uh, factory overall engine is, you know, they've taken care of all that, and it's so nice, neat, and tidy, and they just ship it to you, an, an engine off the shelf. But when you're sending your engine in to be overhauled and they open it up, you're never sure what they're going to find. And, of course, the crankshaft is the uh, most expensive part and you want to make sure that that uh, is okay unfortunately mine was but the camshaft is frequently uh toast as it was in mine mm. and i actually ended up with a cracked case which i was not expecting uh, and that was uh i don't know several thousand dollars that i was hoping not to spend but in the end i had to spend it for an overall case because uh, the one that was there was cracked beyond repair well that blows uh yeah, i mean yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, why did it? Do you just a uh, typical wear kind of thing? You just no yeah, telling I mean, why. Yeah, I mean, these things, uh, you know, over time crack. This is uh, the, at least the second run on this engine, and so the, these things just happen. Mm. Well, there you go. Is that something that they picked up, or did you do a thing like Dennis did? I mean, he has his own hangar and and friends in his uh, air park now that helped him take the engine out of uh, the plane himself, or did you have a mechanic do that stuff no, for you, Tom? I had a shop take the engine out, and then you ship it off to the, to the company, and, and they tear it down, and, and, and then they do a very detailed inspection of every component to uh, and that's where they discover the crack in the case, uh, mm. where they do uh, different kinds of testing, taste testing and other other ways to look for cracks and uh, see what the wear and tear is, measure everything, because to most quality field overhauls are being done to new limits. So every every component of the engine is measured to see does it still meet the new limits uh, and, and that's and that sort of thing, which is what uh, Pinnacle is going to be doing right. with Dennis's engine. And so... Um, if things don't meet new standards, then it's got to be thrown away and you got to go buy a new one. Hmm. Uh, frequently that kind of the smaller components are included in the uh, overall price. 
But uh, some of the bigger components, like if you had to replace the crankcase, that's like a 14, and at least an IO550 is about a $14,000 expense. Ouch. So uh, yeah. happy that that one uh, passed with no problem. Well, there you go. And, and I guess, you know, those questions you get about, uh, you know, who should you get your engine overhauled by at AOPA, those questions come in, or what should I do about avgas? I, I mean, the type of questions you're talking about, and they're not just avgas related, fuel related, but... Uh, are people even saying, well, hey, uh, I got to get an overhaul. Should I turn my engine into a hybrid kind of thing now or even look at are the are you guys getting those type of questions like this is the time to maybe even consider, you know, converting the power plant altogether or what? Well, unfortunately, there aren't, aren't any real options for that now. There's a lot of think. talk about the ability to, you know, someday replace our engines with something else, diesel right. or some sort of electric propulsion uh, or a hybrid solution where maybe you have a, a uh, electric motor of some sort uh, assisting your uh, avgas or your, your gasoline burning engine or gasoline burning engine is really a generator generating electricity to drive your electric motor that's driving your propeller. Those are all things that are being discussed and, and somewhat over the horizon, but uh, none of them really practical yet. So uh, most of the time for the foreseeable future, it's like just, you know, call up your favorite engine shop and, and get your engine overhauled or call your manufacturer and get a new engine or a factory overhaul, something like that. Those are about your only choices. Yeah. And then uh, when you tear it all apart, like Dennis does, you know, he's like, well, while I'm in here, let's go ahead and have this checked out. He did something with his prop. Uh, when he talked about that last week about sending his prop off to, I don't know, main, get an overhaul itself or just get an inspection. And uh, he got some word back on that. We're going to dive a little deeper into it next, and as usual, it's not as good as you'd like it to be, but uh, we'll talk about that next on Just Plain Radio. Stay close. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just Plain Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. 
go to JustPlainRadio.com. Send us an email and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter. with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. How do they get all that metal up in the air? It makes no sense. It also doesn't make any sense how much you're sweating. Ha! He thinks we're all going to die. This guy. If the plane doesn't kill you, I will. Looks like it's time for someone to take their sleepy pill. You're going to be okay. You got to fly, got to fly away. No need to be This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me, along with Captain Dennis and from AOPA. We also have Tom Haynes rounding out the crew. And uh, so, you know, while he was in there taking his plane apart, he figured, hey, why don't I uh, take my prop, have it uh, checked out while they're working on the engine, and, uh, you know, he figured, you know, just take it, clean it up for him, send it back, it'll be good to go. But that isn't exactly what happened. Is that right, Dennis? Yeah, that's pretty much the story of my life lately. You know, mm-hmm. what you know, you'd think that this engine, this prop's been hanging on that airplane since '97. It should go at least another 20 years, right? Well, it's just a hunk of wood, right? That spins well, around no, on a knob. It's two hunks of metal. Oh, and, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, there's no stresses at work on that. You know, a 27 yeah. RPM, you know, 80 pounds of propeller spinning around really fast. There's there's nothing happening there. Yeah, but you sent it over to who? I sent it to Stallings Aircraft Propeller up in Arkansas. And, okay. Uh, uh, Cody is actually joining us to uh, give me the, the good news, I hope. Well, is there but, good uh, news and bad news, Cody? Pictures, I don't so. know. <laughs> Welcome to Just Plain Radio, there, there first is, off. Yeah, yeah. yeah there, there is some good news here, but there okay. is a little bit of bad news. You're gonna you're gonna need you're gonna need a few parts. None of them are any of the high dollar parts. Um, but since 1997 till now corrosion and moisture has done you know what it's known to do which is you know destroy parts and that's specifically mm. what's taking place with your propeller uh-oh so uh that's the so, good news <laughs> well <laughs> that's kind of the good and the bad all okay. in one. Oh, okay gotcha he didn't separate them so uh yeah. he, he needs some work done on his prop uh yes. about how much do we know or you still have to kind of work on it cody well, actually, you know, I've been in contact with Dennis this morning and a little bit this afternoon. We've just now gotten it apart. We haven't got a real good look at everything just yet. Mm-hmm. We've got to get it good and cleaned up. But just the preliminary tear down, it looks like it's going to need some thrust bearings. And, of course, a whole new seal kit and stuff of that nature. It's not a it's not a, a bad thing. It may look bad, but it's not a bad thing. This, this prop will hour in just fine. It'll be in good shape. Give us about a week with it, and it'll be good to go. Okay. And it's still much cheaper than purchasing a new prop, I guess. Is that right, Dennis? Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, we were, you know, looking at, you know, somewhere in the one to $2,000 range, depending on how much uh, parts, if it was just a, a clean it up, regrease it and send it out, we could be on the low end. And if it needed parts, we're probably going to end up on the high end, but that's still a lot less than the 10 to $12,000 you'd be looking if we had to actually outright replace it. So wow. I didn't realize sending to a shop to have it done, but it is not inexpensive. Either. Yeah. A, a prop, a new prop is that much huh? for a Mooney 201. 
Uh, yes. yes. And, and it could be more expensive if we went with something a little bit more exotic, you know, like a, an empty composite propeller. But then if we went that route, we would actually gain some more useful load because it's so much lighter. Hmm. Well, now it sounds like a much better deal to me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> when you do it's the math, it's all about twice the price. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, more than that. Yeah. That's nuts. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, but once he gets this done, Cody, you guys bring it up to like factory, factory fresh specs or brand new type stuff? Or, I mean, will he even get better performance than he has now, you think? Or is it hard to say? It's not going to change his performance at all. Yeah. Um, what it's going to do is it's going to make it safer to hang on his airplane for another 20 years. Um, and, uh, you know, it will work much better. This propeller here, it had very little grease inside of it. So it was, it looked like it was in a bind having to work. So mm. it will work much better. You know, what we're doing to it is not classified as an overhaul. So therefore it does not zero time the propeller. So it will be a time remaining repair. Um, but, you know, it, it's something that's definitely necessary. Some people want to overhaul their props. Some people do not. You know, being a Part 91 operator, it's not it's not uh, imperative that you do overhaul your propeller. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it, like I said, it's not going to change the it's not going to change the uh, performance at all. It's just going to it's going to make it good and air, more more airworthy, I guess you could say, because this thing, it was the bearings themselves were in, in terrible shape. Well, I would guess uh, from what you're saying, wouldn't that make the engine work? It, it wouldn't have to work as hard. If it's uh, you know greased up properly like that, or no? No, well, it's think- not so much the engine. The engine is still going to absorb horsepower into the or into the propeller. Yeah. It's, it's the oil system, you know, the governor. The governor is not going to have to work as hard. The mm. propeller will move more fluid like versus you know potentially ratcheting around and and, and surging. It will it'll just work together better. Mm. So you've been doing this a long time, Cody. At uh, Stallings, yeah, obviously. So is this uh, a prop overhaul like this is something that most private pilot owners have to kind of figure out, you know, every 10 years or so, or at least have it inspected or what? What would you suggest? Well, yes and no. Um, some people do, some people don't. I would suggest anytime you have anything done to the engine that you definitely need to look at the propeller. You know, the the propeller is not, it's not a, it's not, it doesn't have the lure of like a brand new 750XI. It doesn't have a, a JPI hook to it, telling you everything that's going on underneath the spinner. The actual propeller itself is something, you know, that, to be honest with you, people don't really think a whole lot about until it stops working. But the problem is, is when you're dealing with something like this that has two 14-pound blades that weigh almost 20 tons in centrifugal force at 2,700 RPMs, when something does happen, it's usually something you really don't want to deal with. Mm -hmm. So it's better to send them in every once in a while to have, uh, you know, to have them kind of triage, to have them looked at. You know, there may not be a lot to do, but you know, just something as simple as a fresh reseal to kind of freshen it up a little bit. All new O-rings, all new gaskets. My technicians are on the inside looking things over, and we can put it back together and give you, a, you know, a safe propeller versus one that has been run too long, and it could potentially turn into a safety flight hazard later down the road. And those uh, flight hazards, uh, Tom, at AOPA, you get those uh, viral videos. I've seen them on YouTube, uh, or like when the... When the prop falls off or <laughs> or breaks in two or something like that, is that what we're, those kind of you know things are those are the things we're talking about or what? Yeah, well, it's certainly yeah. not not unheard of that you know somebody does lose a prop blade mm-hmm. uh, in flight. It happens every once in a while, and it can be catastrophic pretty quickly, yeah. like immediately if you don't get the engine shut down quickly, or you know if it's a prop tip. 
uh, because of a stress crack or something like that uh, may not be quite as catastrophic, but it definitely will get your attention. You know, I, I let me just say that I, I concur with what Cody's talking about. I, I kind of went through the same thing, Cody, last year. I had the IO550 in my Bonanza overhauled, but the, and it had like 20, about 2,300 hours on a 1,700-hour engine, but it was still running great. But the thing, it had been 18 years since it had been overhauled, and I had the prop overhauled at the same time when I did it 18 years ago. But the thing that was bothering me more than the engine itself at that age, number of hours, was the prop in that it was still running fine as well. But as you said, there's not a lot of diagnostics with it. There's, you know, you don't have a, a, a JPI or engine analyzer telling you what's going on with the propeller the way you do with the engine. So I had the same feeling is that it was time to do the propeller. And so since I'm doing the propeller, I might as well do the engine overall anyhow, since it's already, you know, 500 over TBO. But it was the propeller that really drove my decision making much as anything. And fallen off yet, right? No. So I think that was a good decision. That's what I'm going with. Uh, Cody, if people want to get a hold of you there at Stallings, what's the website? Simple enough. And we got more coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot, and flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. My current boyfriend, uh, when we first started dating, I gave him helicopter lessons, flying lessons for his birthday. He never showed an interest in flying, but I just gave him to him in case, like, the world has gone to shit and we need to fly away. You can't in a day learn to fly a helicopter. Yeah, you can. And it's not even that much money. No, you cannot. I'm telling you, you cannot learn. Yes, you can. He's good at flying a helicopter after he a day. He never did it because he was scared. But, um... But I'll get someone to do it. I just have to have someone that knows how to fly. I can fly. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis. We've sent AOPA's Tom Haynes on his way. And uh, he has a more important thing to do than talk to us all day. So we'll let him do that and bring in some uh, more guests. And, and possibly uh, a little better news for Captain Dennis. Or at least maybe this is more along the lines of a distraction. Is that fair to say, Dennis? 
I, I think this is a great distraction. This is a more of an example of uh, the fun things that you can do with aviation instead of just fixing your uh, airplane. It, it still may cost you some money. I don't know. But Gino is our guest, and he has basically an RV that he made out of an aircraft. Is that right, Gino? Uh, that is correct. So the big, uh, the big uh, question is why? <laughs> um, you get that a lot? Well, yeah. I had a dream when I was a kid. I saw something on TV, and I thought it was legit, and here it was a uh, kind of a hoax, but I dreamt that someday I'm going to make me an RV like what I saw on TV, and it took me 42 years, but we did it. Wow. Well, I mean, this is the ultimate uh, repurposing uh, element or thing to, like, save the planet, maybe. I don't know. But you you found an aircraft fuselage, is that right, and, and transformed it into an RV that you use today. That's- that, that's correct. My son actually located the airplane in Rolla, Missouri. There was three of them down there, and this was the worst of the three. And it took some convincing, and the owner finally sold it to us. And it, it was a old Navy. Uh, it's like a DC three, but it was a, a technical term was an R four D. So it was a little bit modified from a regular C forty seven or DC three. And it was wrecked in a tornado and sat down there for thirty, forty years. And we decided there. We took a chance on it. Well, wait a minute. You say you had to actually uh, work out a deal with the guy? I mean, he didn't want to sell it to you? Or what? Um, well, because of the condition of the airplanes, there mm-hmm. was three of them there. And uh, a, a lot of people think big, dream big, and they go in and create messes. And then the you know the, the owners are left to clean it up. So I can ah. appreciate why he, he was like that. Uh, we run into that a lot in our business. So, <laughs> yeah, we had to... Kind of prove he didn't take my money till the third day. He wanted to see if we were real, were we the real deal? Yeah, I guess. Could we can we get apart and get out of there and not kill ourselves? Okay, all right. I guess there's some liability uh, on their end until it's actually taken off the property. That's uh, some yeah. of the issue. Yes. Okay. Right. So so I, you leave everything else on the plane, just the fuselage. You just take that off, or was it already uh, disassembled in that sense? No, it was a complete airplane minus the engines. Hmm laying on the ground uh okay. there was an old it was an old army air corps field and this was on an unused runway so the, the three airplanes were laying down there i see so he was like do you really know how to take this thing apart and then take away just the fuselage uh, i don't know if i believe you it was well, that, that we had to thing. clean everything else up too that was the other deal oh, so we had okay. to get the wings out of there and the, the center sections and um, it was a lot bigger than we thought when we put the truck next to the airplane. I, so. Well, I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, in, how, how much would you pay for something like that? Can you say even ballpark? Uh, yeah. I tell everybody about the price of a used car. It, it's okay. not so much the airplane itself. It's the um, disassembly and transport is really, uh, which that's where the money came into play. I have more money into that than I have anything else on it. Hmm. And keeping everything cleaned up and environmentally safe when you're done. You know, it's right. surprising, even though it sat for 40 years, you cut a hydraulic line and it was bleeding red. So we had to hurry up and clean that stuff up and get that contained and uh, little things like that you run into. Okay, now I've seen pictures. So this is kind of like the aviation industry's version of the Oscar Mayer hot dog mobile, isn't it? Wouldn't you think? It's cooler. It's cooler, yeah. It's way, way cooler, <laughs> yeah, obviously, way if you're an aviation enthusiast. So you, you, right. you obviously turn a lot of heads. Uh, and it was at what air venture Dennis that you came across Gino and his crew, uh, one time or what? Yeah. So a number of years ago, I mean, Austin was still, uh, he hadn't even soloed an airplane yet. And we were camping at Oshkosh and 
uh, Gino was actually our camper neighbor and, yeah. uh, we, we, we hit it off and we're talking back and forth with him. And he actually had given my son an aircraft propeller, one of the scrap ones that he sells out of his, uh, f- uh, fly market booth there. And he says, here, Austin, this is for you. Clean it up, do something nice with it, make it into a display, use it to get people's autographs, do something with it, you know, but this should be good for you. You know, it's an, you know, and I thought it was just great that, you know, he's, giving back, inspiring that next generation, you know, feeding that, uh, aviation bug. And so is that really what it was, Gino, or did, was this a piece of garbage you were trying to unload on some unsuspecting, uh, uh, no, (laughs) actually, as we come to find out, as I've learned more about it in the, uh, in the parts business, it's a pretty valuable propeller. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, see, what do I know? (laughs) We we were selling it for artwork and it was kind of funny because when we first gave it to Austin, uh, he came back over and, uh, you know, he thought that we stole, he, his son took the propeller, and we're like, no, we gave it to him. He, he's mm-hmm. good to go, because he was helping me unload him out of the uh, truck that we had at the time. Got it. See, so. I, I, I'm just thinking, like, you know, like along the lines of Hunk, Huck Finn. You create value out of nothing or something, but these things actually are, like you said, uh, a prop in particular. I mean, that's something you can put on the wall, clean it up. It looks like an awesome little piece of Hang artwork. Hang on the Mooney. <laughs> well, or in this case, you might actually put it into service. Right. Uh, That's a whole nother issue. We're trying to get off that subject for you, Dennis. Sorry. Still a sore subject. <laughs> yeah, you know. understood. Okay, so this uh, the, this RV that you've created is uh, pretty big, I guess. So uh, what are the dimensions? Just to kind of paint a mental uh, picture for everybody. 38 feet long. Wow. Uh, it's 101 and a half inches wide, which is one half inch under the max legal width. Okay. And it's... Uh, it's only 12 feet tall, so it's a foot and a half shorter than what it could be. Hmm. All right. And that, that it's like on some kind of trailer type thing or a fastened to a flatbed type of deal no. or what? We took a, um, my old delivery truck that I had for the business. It had grown quite a bit since Dennis and I first met, so we had a, a real delivery truck. Um, we took the cab off of that, and we took the box off of it. If you can imagine, like, those Penske trucks or something you see rental. Um, and we took all of that off. We gutted the airplane front to back, and I we just more or less set it down on the frame of the truck and started modifying the airplane to make it fit with the truck. You kind of had to make everything work. So uh, we had some plans laid out, and there were some really good, bad plans. But <laughs> So nothing went as we thought, and we just started engineering as we went along. Okay. So, I mean, it's kind of uh, the next generation Airstream. Uh, it's probably exactly. a little bit more aerodynamic in that sense. Well, and you spared exactly. no uh, you know, no luxuries in there. I understand that your wife had some inputs uh, on some of the amenities in the uh, in the motorhome. Like what? Uh, yeah, to, well, a bathtub. <laughs> we had a, to bathtub. a bathtub, okay. Yeah. yeah. So we got a little bathtub, and it's not full size, but she's a little smaller lady. And then um, she wanted a seat. It was specifically for her that she could ride in. She didn't want to have to sit on a couch or anything. So we pulled a nav seat out of an old PV2 harpoon, and that's her seat up inside there so it could swivel around. She can look out the window. And she likes flamingos. That was our hook to bring her on board that, honey, this is a really good idea, and you should support me on this. <laughs> Hence the term, the fabulous flamingo. That sounds like that's just part of the negotiation process. Well, I love it. Obviously, it's uh, quite a conversation starter, and uh, you'll be at uh, AirVenture this year, I assume, with it, will you, again? Yeah, one of the reasons we built it, too, is because um, she kind of wanted to, she was tired of sleeping in a tent at AirVenture, so we wanted to do a, a motorhome or something, and we thought, well, if we're going to go, go all out. 
there so that was go. another motivating factor. But yeah, we're going to be at booth 704, which is right across from the uh, uh, used parts tent, the EAA tent that they have where they sell used parts right there. I think it'll be hard to miss. I really do. Yeah, yeah, uh, I think you'll be able to see it pretty good. <laughs> great stuff, Gino. Thanks for being on Just Plain Radio. No problem. You guys have a great day, and thanks for having me. And we got more coming up. Stay close. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your stewardess speaking. We regret any inconvenience the sudden cabin movement might have caused. This is due to periodic air pockets we encountered. There's no reason to become alarmed, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your flight. By the way, is there anyone on board who knows how to fly a plane? Airplanes, airplanes, flying all around the sky. Do you think we can take off before he gets there? Airplanes, airplanes, flying way up high. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, a co-pilot, and Captain Dennis navigating the latest aviation news and information. Okay, so we have a couple little uh, news nuggets we want to share before we wrap things up today. One involves uh, some accolades for Garmin. Is that correct, Dennis? That's right. Uh, Garmin recently was awarded the Robert J. Collier Trophy for the top achievement in aerospace for its Autoland technology system, though, mm. which debuted on the Piper M600 turboprop and is also being available on the SF50 uh, Vision Jet that we flew. Right. This is the the Autoland. This is the Greg. I don't have to get my pilot's license. I can just push this button tool. Right. Uh, and I'm waiting for them to catch up uh, with me. Or no, wait, it's the uh, other way around, right? I don't know. Yeah. One of those. But yeah, They're if they can get this in all the aircraft, then it'll just make my uh, efforts to become a private pilot just that much uh, easier, I think. Well, well think about it. They taught the airplane how to land and fly itself before you got your license to do this. Right. Same. Well, the computers are going to take over anyway. So, you know, that, that could be another excuse I could add to the list. Like, oh, I'm waiting for the computers to do all the work for me. Which they pretty much do everything already. He just hasn't. The FAA just hadn't signed off on to just letting people use this all the time just yet. It's still kind well, of like uh, pilot assisting technology, correct? Well, it's actually a lack of pilot assisting. The idea is if the pilot becomes incapacitated, the passengers can hit the button and the airplane will find the nearest airport, right. slow the airplane down, deploy the landing gear, all the things it needs to do, and stop the airplane on, on that runway, all the while notifying air traffic control and any other aircraft in the area that this airplane is in emergency land mode and is about to land and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. it's really reassuring for passengers that, you know, if something were to go sideways, you know, you have now multiple options, especially on the Cirrus Vision Jet, because it already has the parachute. And now it also could just land itself. Right. That's that's pretty. pretty Which would nice. be the preferred mes- method before the oh, parachute yeah. thing. But, you know, if you if things really went sideways and even George can't figure this thing out, you've got plan B and C now. Yeah. 
George. Who's George? George, the autopilot, you know. Is it George? I thought it was Oscar and not from uh, Airplane. Auto. Auto. Yeah. Auto. That's right. Okay. I guess it, it depends. depends who you're talking to. Depends Everybody on gives the nicknames their autopilots yes, differently. Exactly. I thought everybody called their autopilot uh, auto from the airplane movie, but maybe that's just me. But Garmin, uh, you know, hats off to them because the competition was pretty stiff. They, they were up against what? SpaceX and a whole yes, bunch of other SpaceX, big companies. Um, well, specifically, they're up against the SpaceX Falcon and the Dragon 2. And you know what they've done recently, you know, with the crewed missions to the space station and, you know, how many, re- what, they're up to 10 reuses now on a Falcon 9 booster. So mm-hmm. they, they've definitely been working pretty hard and, and uh, definitely were a good candidate for that award and uh, Bell Aerospace with their uh, tilt rotor. And even NASA had an entry in the award for a greener rocket propellant. So, you know, pretty stiff competition, but I think it was a pretty easy decision in the end that, uh, that what they accomplished with Autoland was worthy of that prize. Well, there you go. And uh, hats off to him for making it work. And uh, hopefully it'll be in the next phase and will get me back flying sooner as opposed to later. We'll leave it at that. All right, so uh, another big uh, news story is, you know, as a private pilot and you're, you have your own aircraft, you know, you got to cover up your air intakes with those little plug things. Wait, what's the technical term for those? Just plugs? A, a, a pedo cover? No, not the pedo oh, cover. Oh, the cowl plugs. You're yeah, the cowl the plugs, yes. right. Yep. Uh, very important, like, uh, you know, for if, if you have your aircraft at the airport, you know, birds have a tendency to want to go in there nest if it's been sitting there too long or in the case doesn't take long it can be as little as a day well exactly Uh, right critters get in those things or if you're flying over the bahamas they tell you to make sure you plug them up and check them before you take off as part of your walk around so you know some islander hasn't uh you know stuffed in something in square grouper yeah yeah one of those things right if it's about the it's about the same size as a lot of those cowling uh, plugs but anyway um, that's all I had ever heard about, you know, just critters, birds, you know, blizzards, things like that, that you would expect could create a problem, but you don't think about, I don't know, uh, it, it coming up to the level of, uh, well, reptiles, Samuel L. Jackson. Well, you know. well, that's in the air, right? Snakes on right. a plane, but the, these, the, you know, they weren't on the plane. Uh, these planes were out in the desert where exactly? Uh, out in Victorville, California, uh, Qantas Airlines has uh, actually parked a lot of their um, overflow aircraft, you know, things like the A380s and whatnot, because of the pandemic, there hasn't been the demand. So they needed a place to park the airplanes. So they brought them uh, across from Australia and parked them in the California desert. Well, parking a plane isn't just, you know, here's the keys and leave. They actually have to move them periodically, make sure they're rotating the, you know, getting the uh, weight off the wheels and moving the tires so that they don't, you know, get flat spots. And hmm. they've got to do some, you know, periodic maintenance on them to make sure that they're, you know, preserved and able to, you know, fly when they call on them. Right. Well, what's the last thing you would want as a mechanic if you walk out to an airplane and, you know, the tires are all tarped up with, you know, mylar covered, uh, you know, uh, wraps to keep the sun heat and heat off of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You wouldn't want any you know little surprises when you pull those covers off. So that, that's been a uh, full-time job now for Qantas is to have things like a tire whacker, which is a repurposed broomstick that they walk out to the airplane and go, Hey, wakey, wakey. You know, cause there's to- been uh, rattlesnakes hiding yeah. up under those uh, sheets, I guess. Is that a, uh, the case? 
uh, rattlesnakes and other uh, other critters that they would mm. much rather have uh, give a moment to uh, exit the property before they, uh, you know, they don't want to hurt the snakes and they don't want the snakes to hurt their mechanics. Right. So. But they're calling their brooms tire whackers. It's a tire whacker. Yep. And they actually have <laughs> the tail number of the aircraft um, on each one of those tire whackers. So they have an assigned, you know, stick for every plane. It, it's that serious a, a part of their kit. Was it a tire whacker or a snake uh, brusher? Or st- oh no, it's a tire whacker. We're not we're not hitting the snakes. They don't want to hurt the snakes. The tires can take the abuse. Hmm. Okay, all right. So they whack the tires with the hope that it would startle any critters that are hanging around the tires, getting some shade from the desert sh- sun, and and that way, you know, when they take the sheet off, uh, they won't be surprised by some fangs jumping up out of them. And or has anyone? No one's been hurt yet, right? It's just they've been spotted and like, holy crap, the the rattlesnakes like these places. What's what's up with that? Yeah, it's warm and dry and you know, sheltered and away from the sun. You know, what's what's not to like about this? So yeah, we we just don't need to have a mechanic getting uh getting bit and having to deal with that or mm-hmm. or worse yet, a stowaway that suddenly gets into the cabin of the airplane as they're going to Australia and Well that a happens series of movies, you know. Well they get up in the will wells and, and things like that. You hear those stories. I mean, heck, we've had, you know, people that actually flown on these things. Like yeah, you know, but but as far as critters have gotten up in those wheel, wheel wells of aircraft of commercial liners, uh, but you wouldn't want it to be snakes. Yeah. God knows, don't make it snakes. Please don't tell me it's snakes. Yeah, Indiana Jones had that yes thing exactly. down. Why does well. it always have to be snakes? Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I, I wonder when they started parking them there, how long it took them to realize, like, eh, we might have not picked the best spot for these aircraft. Did you think they knew it before they did this, or this was a problem that developed once uh, some time passed? I probably a combination of it. I mean, they're saying insects and animals can nest in that plane within twenty-four to forty-eight hours, and mm. you know, uh, I don't know if you remember when I bought the Mooney, but that was one of the things I found when I went out to go look at it. There was a starlings already nesting in the engine compartment. All it took was for one of those cowl plugs to pop off, and well, was your was your Mooney assigned uh, its own tire whacker? No, no, we didn't have one for that. Not as many rattlesnakes. Well, now you're in Florida, so you might need one of those, because down where you are in Fort Myers, you got gators, you got lizards. I think we know what's going to be on his Christmas list this year. And on that note... (laughs) Yeah, we'll wrap it up. Till next time, remember, there's no better high... Than learning to fly. Just Plain Radio is brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plain Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlaneRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plain Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to fly and the aviation lifestyle. (laughs) 
Listen up, everybody. I have some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plain Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlainRadio.com.